Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the... Nope, son of a... Why do I keep forgetting how we start the intro? <sighs> God. You did it this way for so long. I know. Got such a habit. Plus twice, I forgot how to start the, <laughs> the intro during the film fest. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast, where we take movies seriously, just not ourselves. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. The Gargoyle. And I am Eric, a.k.a. The Chimerican. And this is our second attempt of the intro to this episode, because I screwed up the first attempt, uh, which, is, which is a theme of what's been happening the last few days. So Yeah, that's the, that has happened quite a few times. Yeah, so it fits <laughs> and it works. Um, this is this is the first episode that we've done after the Chat Film Fest, and uh, we, we survived. We made it, man. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty surprising considering some of the things that happened. <laughs> <laughs> we did not get run over by a boat, so that's good. Um, yeah, the uh, the Chat Film Fest was this last weekend, and like every single year, it's amazing. Every single year, it just feels like a better and better film fest. This year was just such an experience that um, I, I don't even know where to begin other than thank you, Chris Dorch. You are amazing. Everyone who was involved in putting the film fest together, you are our heroes. And um, I'm probably going to say that again at the end of the episode. We love you. You're the best. Yeah, man. I had an absolute blast. Like This is the first full film festival that I've been to. I, I went to Knox Horror Fest last year, but I didn't get to go the entire time. Um, but for Chattanooga Film Fest, I was able to go the entire time and man, like what an experience it was. <laughs> like yep. th- the weird thing about it, like it's been as of the time that we're recording this, it's been four days since the Chat Film Fest ended. And over the past, has it only been four days? Yes. I feel like I'm still trying to catch up on sleep. No, for like sure. Yesterday. Like I, I've been going to bed at like nine, 10 o'clock every night because like, it's I got almost no sleep at all this weekend and I've been going to bed at like 11 or 12 as like sad Charlie Brown music is playing in my head because <laughs> I'm at home and not at the film fest. I've been trying to watch some stuff at home like I've been watching Santa Clarita die and like I get like an episode in and I'm falling asleep throughout the episode and yeah like I it's been a struggle these past few days. Yeah. Um I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, I, I remember. Uh, okay. You didn't sleep much. I didn't sleep much, but like it, the, the experience that I have with Chat Film Fest reminds me a lot of like when I was a kid going to summer camp. Sure. Like how, you know, throughout the week, you know, you make all these great friends, you have these great experiences, like you just you ride this huge high the entire time you're there. You were doing and, drugs in summer camp as a kid? Okay, let's, let's move past that. No. <laughs> you won't let me make my jokes? My terrible, terrible jokes? No. No. Not today, Nathan. Not today. Gary, Indiana. I was not... <laughs> terrible Uh, anywho so yeah so summer camp you're having a lot of fun the entire week like it's pure fun and then it just ends and you're like oh yeah I have to go back to the real world so like I've been kind of sad the past four days because like I met all these great people and I know that like I'm not going to see them again for probably at least a year and maybe never again. Like that's, that was kind of the thing about summer camp is like once it was over, it was so bittersweet because you have all these great memories, but it's like, then you're just kind of like, well, I might see them again next year or they might not come back. Or it's like, I don't know if I'll ever see them again. And I mean, you know, you've got Facebook and stuff like that, but it's just not the same as like actually getting there and just being around people who love movies. Like yeah. it's so it's, it's kind of surreal because I'm used to kind of being an outsider because of my love of movies and I feel like there aren't 
quite as many people around where we live that share that love. So it was just so cool to be surrounded by a bunch of people who it didn't matter who it was. I felt like I could talk to anybody and I would immediately have something in common with them. Yeah. And that's that's a very surreal experience for me. Well, and a lot of the people you will be able to see again because some of them I am positive are going to be at the Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Yeah. And, you know, I, I plan on keeping going back to Chat Film Fest as long as we possibly can. So, like, some of these people you will see again. But, yeah, like, I... I it was just a nice escape from the real world for right. a weekend. Like, it was a little tough, especially because, like, we left late on Sunday, and then Monday morning we had to go back to work. So it was like, oh, yeah, like, we should have built another day in there to buffer us, like, to transition back to reality. It was like a hard crash. Yeah. Next year uh, we should take Monday off as well. <laughs> um, yeah, like, that's that's the – I mean, we talked about this a lot, a lot in the episodes leading up to the Film Fest. And, like, all of those pre-fest coverage episodes where, like, I was trying to prepare you of, okay, there's going to be awesome movies. There's going to be amazing movies that you're going to love. And that's also not the point of the film fest, but that's also the point of the film fest. Right. Yeah. But that's also like practicing that double think there. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so it is such a unique experience. And I know that anyone who has been to a film festival, like, you know, they, they get it on some level. And maybe it's just that Southern charm, you know, like maybe it's just something about Chattanooga and having the film fest uh, in Coolidge Park right there on the river yeah, man, next to place, a carousel and that, a boat party. And that venue is amazing. Like I, this is the first time I've ever been to the Chattanooga Theater Center and it's like right there on the water. You get this like magnificent view of the bridge, the walking bridge. And like it was just such like just being there standing around was an experience in and of itself. Yeah. And <sighs> It is, it's, you know, a growing film fest, but it also has still a lot of intima- intimacy yeah. involved. Like, there's still a lot of being able to just sit there and talk to people. And Yeah, like, pretty much any of the guests, if they're just, like, m- most of them were just there at the film festival. It was like, we had Eric Pennykoff, who was there the entire time just watching movies and having fun, and... We, like, we had Eric Pennykoff, who, when we saw him, ran up and gave us a hug. Yeah, And, nice. yeah, we, we love you, Eric. He's a great guy. But yeah, I mean, just like, that's how all of the filmmakers were. Like, they were just there hanging out and having fun with the rest of us. Like, everyone was just so approachable and nice. And I think part of that is just, I feel like that's how a lot of people who are into genre film are. Because I know, like, even just based on, like, the number of horror film fans that I've met, it's such a weird stigma that people have. Like, I don't like to tell people how much I love horror movies because I feel like they're like, oh, you like blood and guts and, like, that demon shit. Like, Dude, I, I, I revel in telling people how much I love horror well, it it depends on who you're talking to. Like sometimes you tell them you tell them that you're into horror movies, and they're just like, Ugh, like why? How how do you how could you like that stuff? But then you meet like and, actual and horror then fans. you talk to them about well, it shows like all of the dark sides of humanity that need to be addressed, and it gives you this appropriate outlet. Like right. I love talking to people who but, don't get it. But what I love about the film fest is that pretty much everybody there gets that already. Like, yeah. and, and I think that's like part of the reason why ever it was just everyone's just so nice. Like. I don't know. It's just an interesting dichotomy there between how horror fans are perceived versus how they actually are. Like, I, I just kind of assumed everyone w- there was super nice. There was only like... what well, you, you know what probably also helped? That everyone was drunk? The fact that it was sponsored... One of the many sponsors was Chattanooga Whiskey. Yes. And so whiskey flowed like water at the Film Fest. Oh my God. Whiskey so, everywhere. Like, it... Yeah, their concession um, stand didn't even really have snacks. <laughs> it was basically, I mean, there was some gourmet popcorn and whiskey, whiskey and double cola. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
so that that probably had something to do with it. But yeah, no, like one of the things that um, one of the reasons that this might I'm torn on whether or not I think that this is my favorite fest so far. Um in part because I just love all of them. This one's the most immediate. I think that this might have been my favorite experience so far because Mm -hmm. we got to talk to so many people. Yeah. And that's one of the things that it, it, it's not really weird, but it's weird for me um, in the sense that everyone there is super nice and like, no one that I talked to was a jerk. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I knew that any of them I could have just gone up to and be like, hey, I really like the thing that you do with blah and just start talking to them about the work they do and how much I appreciate it. But also, I'm an introvert. Yes, me too. And so for me, the act of going up to a person and like interrupting whatever it is that they're doing or like if they're walking past me like stopping them it's like oh they probably have somewhere important to go yeah. oh they're they're probably talking about someone important they're they're probably trying to network to get a thing done like the just interrupting them didn't happen and so there were so many people that were there that like I wanted to talk to more but my two biggest regrets um was I was C Robert Cargill adjacent for so much of the film festival yeah and really the only words that I said to him were asking him to sign my Blu-ray of V.I. Wachowski. <laughs> which was so funny. Which he hates. He hates that movie so much, which is why I got him to sign it. Uh, and we did an interview with Brian Salisbury from Junk Food Cinema where like, we recount the story of acquiring the Blu-ray. The short version is I went to a pawn shop as soon as they opened uh, before the film fest to pick it up to yeah. get him to sign it. Yeah, you you guys will hear that interview soon. And yeah, that's... please listen to it because it's one of my favorite interviews <laughs> we've ever done. It was so much fun and it was so late and not everyone was completely sober. And it was also um, following one of the weirdest experiences of the entire film fest. Um, but, but yeah, so yes. like really the only chance that I had, not the only chance, the only time that I took advantage of the opportunity to talk to him was getting him to sign Vio Archowski. Yes. So he probably thinks that I am a lunatic. Probably. Because, like, I was standing there a lot, just, like, creeping, and then, will you sign this movie you hate? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if, uh, Cargill, if you end up listening to this episode, I'm not super weird. I'm just an introvert, and uh, I really, really admire your work, and it's awkward for me to say things. Yeah, no, I felt I like I, I had the exact same situation. Like we didn't really get to talk to him very much. Almost any time he was around, like he was busy or talking to somebody or, yeah. you know, I didn't want to interrupt him. Like I, I read Sea of Rust and like listened to junk food and all that stuff because I knew he was going to be there. And I love his work. Like I, I wish I had said more to him. Um, also, um, for that V.I. Warshawski signing if anybody's <laughs> curious to see how that went down you can actually go to junk food cinema's twitter or instagram and brian salisbury posted a video the video of you presenting this dvd to him to I'm, sign uh, blu-ray blu-ray yes a blu-ray, yes, blu-ray. that, that is a Vera very important Chomsky. distinction in this case uh and I, i'm pretty sure we retweeted it pretty sure we did if not that'll be remedied. oh i did i don't think i did i should have the all right so the other like major regret is um that I, I had a few chances, but again, I didn't seize on these chances to just go like, hey, I love your work to Gary Sherman. Yeah, I know. Like, he he seems genuinely like one of the nicest people. 
and listening uh, the talk that he did about the secrets of Poltergeist 3 where he was going through and talking about how they did all of those effects because they are all practical and in camera and it is just fascinating and getting to see Vice Squad and uh, hearing him on the Shockwaves podcast like I wanted to be like I really really love your work and I wanted and and I didn't and once again i've done this at every single film fest it's like there's a person i want to talk to i don't want to be rude after the film fest what the hell everyone there was so nice why didn't i just talk to them (laughs) yeah i really want to talk to him as well i watched the dead and buried and poltergeist 3 beforehand and i really enjoy all of those movies and then we watched Vice Squad, which was just incredible. I think part of this episode is just like our therapy session. Pretty of, much, yeah. <laughs> just working uh, through our own introversion. Exactly. Um, I don't feel quite as bad about not talking to him because I don't feel like the opportunities presented themselves as much. Like his, uh, like his little workshop that he did with Poltergeist 3... Um, it went over a bit and it like conflicted with one of the movie times. So like I kind of wanted to leave rather than stick around and talk to him just because at that point we had barely watched any movies at the film festival. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I watched all the movies. We watched, yeah, we uh, we didn't watch Some, as many movies as I expected, but we did watch quite a bit. So, so, and, somehow, like, I split and I watched all the movies and still did all the things. Yeah, somehow. It worked out well, but at that point I was like, I need to see this movie, so I kind of skedaddled a little bit earlier than you did. Yeah. Yeah, It, but, like, again... We were talking about this uh, before we started recording that the film fest went, um, oh, how is it that I said it uh, exactly as expected, but like completely not as planned or something along those lines. Like, yeah, it went it went exactly the way we expected, but not the way we planned. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like these were things that I knew going in. It's like we're going to miss some movies because we're going to plan to go see them. And this other thing is going to happen instead. Um like for instance one of the movies that i was really excited about seeing um that i ended up not seeing was because as i was about to walk into the theater i grabbed a slice of pizza crammed that pizza into my face (laughs) and then as i'm walking into the theater i see brian salisbury and i've been talking with him a little bit online beforehand like hey we really want to podcast with you uh we, we love junk food cinema we'd love to be able to even if we don't have a chance to podcast just like meet and tell you in person we we love the podcast it is amazing it is what we want the gargoyle podcast to be um but you know without completely ripping off everything that you do yes so cram pizza into my face see him and rather than i'm just gonna sneak past him and hope that he doesn't see me and think that i'm being rude and then like try to catch up with him later i was like i'm gonna take this opportunity to stop and talk to him (laughs) i was taught never talk with your mouthful so instead as i'm chewing i just put my hand on his shoulder and he looks at me and then i give like the like hold on a minute like raising my finger up and then point at my face like i'm chewing (laughs) It was probably the most awkward introduction I've ever done. Um, and somehow he still hung out with us for most of the weekend. So I really did. That, I think that was one of the, the stranger things that had happened is that like, like I was really looking forward to meeting him because junk food is definitely my favorite podcast that I listen to. And like Brian, like not only did we hang out with Brian the whole time, but he like kind of wanted to hang out with us, which was super weird. Yeah. Like, like there were times where it was like, hey, where are you guys? Yeah, he, te- he would text us and be like, where are you guys at? And it's just like, uh, Brian Salisbury actually wants to hang out with us. Like, <laughs> he may not know it yet, but he's my new best friend. <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. 
it's it's okay i'll i'll live he's somehow. great like i mean he was just he was exactly the kind of person you would expect him to be based on like how he is on the podcast like he was knowledgeable and just fun and joked around so much like there was so there many were jokes. so many like there were at least two or three times where there was just like joke sessions that like broke out like they were dance battles or something between <laughs> everyone <laughs> it was pretty great I, I think my favorite was uh, when we started getting into dad jokes. And if any of our oh, listeners yes. are starting to be like, dudes, like, shut up about your experiences, that's kind of what this episode is, is just like trying to recount how much fun and just amazingness uh, is involved in the chat film fest. And like, we've not even gotten to the movies. Um, and we're probably not going to get to much of the movies on this episode. But don't worry, we're going to put out uh, individual reviews of all the movies that we were able to see from the film fest. But yeah, this is more of just like a, we spent so much time prepping for it and so much time like going through old movies and talking about it and getting ready for just being in this environment that we, we kind of just want to bask in it a little bit more. Like we're not yeah, ready for it to be over. Exactly. That's exactly it. And then I, it's, a, this serves a little bit as a preview of what's to come because we're talking a little bit about the interviews we did and then um, we haven't even gotten into, into that hardly at all. Like one, so one of my friends, um, it was either Monday or Tuesday, like asked how the film fest was. And I was like, it was amazing, but like, I'm really sad that it's over. You know, yeah. it, it's like going on a really amazing date and then like the date being over. And it's like, that was so much fun, but I was kind of hoping they'd ask me up for coffee. You know, like I wanted the film fest to ask me up for coffee. Yeah, is, exactly. Is that sort of just like, I don't, I don't want it to be over, but I don't want to be clingy. I know. It's, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm relieved a little bit because it was kind of exhausting <laughs> It's a little exhausting, you know, I miss my family. It's great to be back home. I'm finally to a point where, like, I've accepted it, I think, a little I, bit. I'm I still, might have gotten sick and might be dying, I'm so. S- I'm still a little sad because, you know, I won't get a chance to talk to these people the same way that I did before for a good while. Um, and that's sad because, like, I genuinely feel like I made friends. Like, people that, if we lived closer to one another, like, we would hang out and do stuff and... I don't know. It's just weird because I don't meet that many people. Or at the very least, like if we lived someplace that did have like a, like an indie cinema that we would see them there on a regular basis and like would be part of that. Like, Oh, Hey, they're showing this. You're going to be there. Yeah. So even if it wasn't like, I'm going to invite you over to my kid's birthday, like there's at least that level of, again, just that camaraderie and just being around all of these people that share your love and passion. It's, there's just there really is something so magical about yeah. chat film fest it was great also shout out to andrew austin who we haven't mentioned yet because he was there for the he's a co-director of the documentary the power of glove yes and he was a lot of fun and we realized that he was unintentionally cosplaying as harry dean stanton <laughs> in alien, alien. <laughs> uh so that was cool uh, he was he was a blast to hang out with uh man there were so many people it was so it was so much fun they're like there I'm was not a not... very sociable person, so it was such a it was not necessarily a new experience for me, but like just I, I didn't expect to like develop so many connections to so many different people in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it was an absolute blast. Um all right, so some of the things that that we did have a chance to do, and this is more of a heads up, these are gonna be some of the uh the episodes coming up. We've already mentioned that we podcast with Brian Salisbury. That interview um, got very silly. It was very silly. Very silly. Very fun. It's 
It was a blast. It was great. <laughs> Where's the corkscrew? <laughs> it you're you're gonna hear that a lot uh, on the episode. Um, I had an absolute blast talking with him. Uh, we got to interview Shockwaves, which so at the beginning of this episode where I said that's the second attempt of starting the episode and that's kind of par for the course for the last few days. And then I started talking about, you know, just some of my own um, um, introversion and like trying to talk to people. It's always that first step, you know, like yeah. after I start talking to people, it's just like, oh, right. There are people who also use words. Yeah. There's like no reason to be awkward about things. Yeah, no, that was the thing. Like once we actually started, because like when I first got to the film fest, I was really nervous about talking to all these people. But like, honestly, within the first five minutes of talking to them, it was like, oh, yeah this is okay. Like I felt perfectly at ease talking to them. Yeah. But like, there's always that first step. Uh, and so when we were podcasting with uh, Rebecca McKendry, Rob Galuzzo and Elric Kane, uh, or AKA Ryan Turek, he might or might not have <laughs> taken on Ryan's moniker during the, uh, the episode <laughs> when we were podcasting with them, like they were all super nice and talking to them before we hit record, it was normal and casual and they were fun. And then as soon as I hit record, I was like, I don't remember how I start my own <laughs> podcast. Yep. I, Eric, how do I start things? And like, it was so embarrassing. So it was like, I'm talking to three of the people that I really respect and admire. And, you know, you've already mentioned that junk food is your favorite podcast. The three podcasts that are like my go-to that I listen all the damn time are uh, junk food cinema, shockwaves and pure cinema podcast, mm -hmm. which is um, Elric Kane. And I forget his co-host right now. I'm so sour. Brian Sauer. Uh, so yeah, like I got to essentially talk to three of my favorite podcasts and so, like, I was fanboying out, like, a lot, and talking to them, there was just that little bit of just like, ah, oh, this is awkward, but they, they were super cool about it, and then, yeah, they like, were awesome. actually answered the questions, and... Yeah, we got to talk to Rebecca a little bit beforehand, too, and she was just great, like, they're all... Like everyone, again, everyone's just so nice and accommodating. And like, I wish that we had had a little bit more time with Shockwaves because we had a very compressed kind of schedule where we could talk. I to don't them. know, man. We we spent about like thirty or forty five minutes. It's like, it forty five minutes, yeah. but forty that forty five minutes just flies by when you're having a conversation with them. Like we had a few questions, and it was just like it. Like I just didn't want it to end. I think it yeah. just made it feel shorter. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely wanted to keep talking to them for a, a while, but it was like it wasn't just a five minute podcast. Like they spent time talking to us and at least based on how they seemed during the interview i don't feel like they were i don't feel like they thought the questions were stupid you know they weren't just like Psh, what like they they seemed like they were genuinely thinking about it mm -hmm. and genu genuinely cared about talking about themselves and about horror movies and it it was one of my favorite parts of the film festival. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say that about literally everything. <laughs> it's just, it was one of my favorite parts. What wasn't one of your favorite parts? The parts where I was asleep. One thing that I was super thrilled about is that after we podcast with Sharkwaves, we got to uh, interview Mallory O'Meara. Yes. Oh, sorry, I said Mira. It's Mira. Ha! I did it. It wasn't me Dang this it. time. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory O'Mara, um, she was great. Like, I was super excited because I wasn't sure if we would have a chance to to interview her. Like, it was a little bit harder to get a time nailed down. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love her book. So, like, that was something I really wanted to do. Even if we didn't get a chance to interview her, I wanted to at least talk to her. Yeah. Um, so, we got to see her little her event um, where she talked about her book and about Millicent Patrick. And then um, the next day, we actually got to sit down and do, I almost said a one-on-one, -on -one, a two-on-one -on -one interview um and it was just like it was so great and it was it was really surreal too again because 
I listened to the audiobook and she read the audiobook. So I was like sitting there and hearing her voice. And I don't know, it was just, it was strange because I'd heard her voice for like 12 hours at a time, like a 12 hour audiobook. And then it was interesting to just see her in person and actually talk to her. And then I awkwardly started that episode as well. Of course I, you did. Yeah, of course I did. Um, which, you know, it's, it's fine. It's whatever, you know, what it, I, I'm not perfect. Maybe a little. I, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. You're perfect. Okay. It wasn't me saying it. It's okay then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like she was so. She was so awesome to talk to, because you know a lot of times we end up talking about just horror or we end up talking about just movies, but talking to Mallory and like hearing her provide some of that backstory and just getting to know a little bit more about like why exactly she wrote the book, like why it's so important. It, I, I just feel like it gave a different side of our love and appreciation for movies and i don't know it, it i feel like it was a very important interview and if you have not read her book i mean we recommended it strongly beforehand but especially after talking to her and especially after hearing um just her responses to some of the things that we asked her it's like yeah this person is God, she's just so awesome. Like, you need to support the book. You need to support her artistic endeavors. Um, You just do. Um, Yeah, and one thing I loved about all the interviews and all the people we talked to is that even though we were asking a lot of the same questions of them, like, all of the interviews felt very different. Um, You know, Brian's was a lot more loose and just kind of goofy. Shockwaves was very... I don't want to say academic. That sounds kind of weird, but you know, it was like we were but really digging into academic. the. But it is academic. Rebecca and Elric are like college professors about cinema, so like, yeah, it makes sense that it's academic. Yeah, and then with Mallory, you know, we kind of brought it into you know like a, a social perspective, I think, in a way. Yeah, um, getting some of the social cultural stuff, and and again, like just a very personal side of it. Yeah, exactly, and like hearing her perspective on horror and everything was just fantastic. Like such a great interview yeah and uh so when we did our interview with chris dorch and he said that the theme of this year's fest was kind of the devil um my own personal theme from this year's film fest was uh more of the creature in part because mallory was there talking Mm. about the book because we got to see a creature from the black lagoon uh 4k restoration on a 10k screen outside in downtown chattanooga which oh my god it was beautiful it was so cool and it looked fantastic oh, and there god. were a ton of people there like i was really really thrilled to see that it was super well attended there were kids out there and they were playing like it was it was awesome man. yeah it was so cool well and like i heard people afterwards i overheard people uh talking about man i hope they do stuff like this more often absolutely yeah like we were talking about, I, I would love like i would go to those so much i'd take the kids and like that it was just amazing well but not even just us like of course we said that but like i heard other yeah, people no, who exactly us. yeah <laughs> Who were saying that like they really hope that Chattanooga starts doing basically a, a theater in the park. Yeah, and CFF um, does have like they've done some movies under like the CFF Presents banner where they just do certain screenings like outside of the film festival. And it'd be fan- I, I don't know if they have the funds to make something like that work, but it would be fantastic if they could do something like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I think it would have a huge turnout. Of course, it takes money to keep things going. Um, but but like then the creature theme continued even further because Travis Knight, who is the artist who does the uh, CFF logos, 
uh, he had some of his artwork set up, and I wanted to buy every single thing that he had on his table. His stuff is incredible. It really is. Like I was blown away by his artwork. I, I love it so much. And and we talked to him a little bit, and hopefully we're going to be able to set up a time uh, to interview him. I don't know when. Like That might not be immediate just in terms of trying to get through all of our CFF coverage, um, but we're definitely going to be talking to him because he was just such a rad dude. And like talking about all of our puns like Kung Fu Brewery and, yeah. <laughs> and um, Planet of the Apes roll. Like they were just like, okay, that's it. We're adding you right now. So like, it was a lot of fun to talk to them. And I wanted to buy every piece of art that he had on his table and I deliberated it. I was like, okay, how mad will my wife be at me if I buy <laughs> one of everything? All the mad is how mad. So, um, so much mad. So much mad. So what I, uh, what I arrived at was his piece of Millicent like painting the um, the creature's mask yeah. and it's not I, I, I love the piece I absolutely love the piece it's not as intricate as some of the other ones that he does because some of the other ones are like a 3D interlay where like some of it's done in blue some of it's mm-hmm. done in red you actually look at the pieces with 3D glasses and it yeah. gives it a different perspective really uh, like one of them was uh, Joe Bob with like a Day of the Dead Joe Bob underneath it yeah and they had like uh, the shape from Halloween, yeah, yeah. Michael Myers. Um, they had Yoda. So like all of these pieces that were just so amazing. But I was like, I, even though this one doesn't have that 3D aspect about it, I love the creature so much and not enough people recognize that Millicent was the one who you know designed the creature that I cannot wait till I have this on my wall. And someone's like, oh, cool. Who's that? And I'm going to be able to be like, oh, hold on. Let me tell you. <laughs> and I can go into some of the backstory and then be like, but don't take it from me. Like doing my best uh, LeVar Burton a la reading Rainbow <laughs> Impression. Like if you want to know more, read this book. And I... Yeah, I'm genuinely excited about having that on my wall so that people can ask me what's going on there. Yeah, and it's a beautiful piece, too. I mean, it's not quite as intricate as the others, but I, I like that about it. It's very elegant, uh, much like the creature itself. So I, I think it's I thought it was one of the best pieces he had. Yeah. And, and again, loved every single every single one of them. Um Let's see. What are some of the other things that we were able to do there? So we haven't talked about really any of the events or some of the events. Like we saw Joe Bob. We did. Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Your introduction to the Film Fest. The very first thing that you did starting your weekend long Film Fest fantasy was watching Joe Bob talk about how Redneck saved Hollywood. Yeah. A two hour PowerPoint presentation, which, which sounds terrible. Sounds amazing. Okay, well, just if you just say, "Hey, I have a two-hour PowerPoint presentation," everyone's Sign gonna say, "Shut up, man!" <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. However, Joe Bob's two-hour PowerPoint presentation was incredible. Like he is just a guy who knows so much about movies and is so damn entertaining and so funny and talking a lot about you know like stuff that is like relevant to the area that we live in like speaking specifically about um you know chattanooga and tennessee and i I don't know it was just it was incredible like he talked about all these different types of like redneck films and well he starts his presentation with a history lesson a history lesson on john knox and uh the cumberland presbyterians which i am by the way i grew up in a cumberland presbyterian church i was proud to say at that point (laughs) and and like old lowland scotland and like he goes through a lot of um uh, of some 
English Isles history. Well, it's interesting too because to where he got to. It, it was interesting because like growing up, my grandmother always used to tell me that we were Scotch Irish. <laughs> and I never really understood exactly what that meant. And now I finally understand it. Thanks to Joe Bob's presentation. Thank you, Joe Bob. It means nothing is what it means. It, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something to it, but no, like it was, it was just fascinating. Like he had all these great clips. Like I will never, ever get, um, the jubilation tea corn, jubilation tea corn pone song out of my head, <laughs> which if, if you've never seen this and you probably haven't, you need to go right now to Google and Google search jubilation tea corn pone because holy shit, is it hilarious? <laughs> it will be an earworm that gets stuck in your head and like never leaves. Ever. Well, and it was cool too, because ever. like, I like the way he introed it because it was like, believe it or not in Hollywood, they used to make fun of people who erected Confederate statues. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, it's nice to get this other perspective to see like, you know, it, no, not everybody thought that this is a good idea to put all these statues <laughs> up. And well, I love that the entire song is basically talking about how uh, Jubilation was just a coward and like ran away, ran away from everything. And so, yet they're, they're like just sitting there talking about how amazing he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so great. So like they're talking about, uh, I think at one point, um, you know, he's, he's the founder of their town. But like at the uh, Battle of Appomattox, he was just uh, drunk hiding under a table. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, God, it's so good. I love it so much. Yes, uh, it was the whole the whole thing, man. Like it was so consistently entertaining. Like, and again, like this is just two hours of him just talking. Like there was nothing else. Talking, playing some clips, and showing some movie posters. Essentially, is what it was. And at no point was I like I was just thoroughly entertained the entire time. Yeah, it was terrific. Like perfect way to start the film fest. And if you've never seen any of his work, um, sign up for Shutter and yeah. catch the last drive-in on Shutter. Yeah, it's awesome. Because we support um, Shutter, we do support Shutter a lot. Shutter is like one of the like. There's so many movies that I want to see that you can only watch through Shutter. You know, I mean, unless you know you buy them like normal people. Um, but even some of them, I'm not sure if they're available on no, physical that is media. True. Like they have, uh, like, like they have Ganja and Hess, which I don't think you can really get anywhere, or at least it might have just recently been restored, and that was one of the earliest ways to see it. But yeah, I mean, they, they have like tons of different movies on there that are probably not easy to get without a shutter subscription yeah all right so when we do our reviews uh we talk about our prior information and how that shaped our expectations how did seeing joe bob first like how was having that as your inaugural like actually being at the film fest how did that shape your expectations for the rest of the weekend I just feel like it was a perfect way to kick it off. Like it wasn't a movie. It kind of like it was a packed audi- a packed auditorium and there were people everywhere and everybody was just having a great time and um, learning about movies and, and not even like, like it's a genre film fest and all of the movies that Joe Bob talked about were very much genre movies. Like there were exploitation films and there were a few dramas and stuff like Sling Blade in there. And like, I just, I think it set the tone perfectly because um, you know we're getting into genre films, like everybody's just having a great time and laughing and cutting up, and um, yeah, I mean that's just exactly what I got. Like that's how every day felt. Yeah, in a way it was just a prolonged experience of that, but with different people. Yeah, um, and it also set the tone in terms of like, yeah, I'm at a film festival, but I'm not actually going to spend that much time watching movies. <laughs> like on Sunday, that was mostly what we did was watch movies. 
But on all the other days, like there was just so much going on that we were kind of bouncing around from different events and different interviews and just talking to people. In some cases, it was just like, yeah, I could watch this movie, but when else am I going to have a chance to hang out with this person and chat with them about, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or like we would catch part of it and then have to run to another thing. Yeah. I think we were like five minutes late to almost every movie we watched. This year might have felt the most frenetic for me just because of how much I was running back and forth. It was. Yeah. But, but I loved every single second of it. Um, all right. So even though we're not going to get into the details of any of the movies, um, what what was like one or two of the movies that really stood out that you just absolutely love? And they don't even necessarily have to be like your favorite because as we're going through the individual reviews, you might be like, you know what? Yeah, this one might be my favorite. So like recognizing some of those answers might change. But just initially, what were some of the ones that really stood out to you? So I think that the biggest surprise of the festival was probably Bread Factory. Um, like I'd we'd watched the trailer for it before. And Chris was like talking about how he really wanted people to take a chance on this movie. Um, but like it wasn't one that I was like super excited to see. You know, oh, I was just man, like, oh, I this was. looks. I was just like, oh, this looks like fun. You know, like whatever. But man, was it amazing like it was so much fun and probably the funniest movie that we saw like it was really hilarious and was just so charming and was just like the whole movie was just about advocating for the arts and i absolutely loved it like i think it's really like a very touching piece of work and it's the kind of movie that again i really like I understand why Chris was like, yeah, I hope somebody gets smart and picks this up because it's not a movie that's an easy sell to a large audience. I don't think because of just how different it is. It felt like waiting for Guffman, but played seriously. Yeah. Like it kind of reminded me, uh, well, and you say playing played seriously, but it was still very much a comedy. Well, but um, he, here I, I have something to say about that, but I want, I want you to say what you're saying before. Well, I, say I was the just going to say like say. it had even like it focused on a very large cast of characters. It had like a plot, but it also didn't feel plot driven. Like it was a lot, there were a lot of like little vignettes throughout the film. It kind of reminded me of slacker a little bit, the, mm-hmm. the Richard Linklater film. Um, but with a little bit more of a narrative through line. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think it was just so much fun and so charming and I really hope more people get a chance to see it. So uh, here's the thing about it being the funniest movie of the weekend. There were other movies that absolutely were comedies. Um, in fact, you disagree with me. I don't care that you disagree with me. (laughs) One of my favorites is still detectives there. I love that movie. I love it so much. It might not be proficiently the best. Yes. But it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Like, I don't hate it. I just... It, to me, we'll get we'll get into that when we start going through some of the reviews, but I loved Detectives. I liked Detectives. I loved... <laughs> again, doesn't... I can't wait till we start getting into the reviews oh, yeah, so that I can tell you why you're wrong. So, the thing about Bread Factory and, like, why it was so hilarious, and, again, I'll probably mention this again when we start talking about some of the uh, technical components on the individual review, but... All of the comedy was based in reality. So the things that were funny were funny because it's like, I know that person. I know that situation. I've heard this exact thing said before. It's funny because it's awkward and it's awkward because it's true. And so like, to me, that's why it was so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even just the part where, uh, where that one kid had the picture frame from the, um, uh, I, I forget the name of the, to uh, like oh, Chinese yeah, artsy the, people. Well, I can't remember what they were. But they, yeah, there was like a... Yeah, so we had like a frame that was like covered in carpet 
And his boss was just like, how much you pay for that? It was like, I don't want to talk about it. And so like, then she gave him some uh, uh, feedback on his work and just how bad it was. And then it was like, how much did you pay for that? I don't want to talk about it. And so like, it was just so, so realistic. And it's like, I have been there. And, and I think that that's why the comedy hit so well is because it was so relatable. Yeah. And it takes it like a step beyond reality i think like some of it is just slightly absurd oh it was was totally absurd but in a real way exactly yeah exactly well and i think that that's also why the film hits so emotionally like yes it's hilarious but the stuff that was dramatic and like the people that you cared about for me at least i genuinely cared about them yeah and i think that that's like why it worked so well is it was playing the comedy very seriously and it knew what was funny but it wasn't trying to be like over the top silly so that that way when you do get to the scene with um, with, with the one woman talking to the other city council member about her son, like it still had an impact and it didn't feel out of place. It all worked. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely love Bread Factory. Um and yeah Re- really can't wait to get into that one either there's so many things that we have to say it was terrific um and then i would say that probably i'm going back and forth on this um like i loved girl on the third floor a lot i loved i trapped the devil um i think though my favorite is probably harpoon which is the last movie that we watched right um, because the interesting thing too is all those movies I just mentioned, they all take place in one location. Like I feel, feel like that was the other kind of theme is that it was like people who are isolated and kind of just trapped in these small, and that's probably just indicative of indie filmmaking in general. Like you can't have a whole lot of locations, but in a lot yeah. of them, they were like trapped in specific locations. Um, but anyway, Harpoon is basically just about three people who get stuck on a yacht and that's that's essentially the storyline except for there's i don't want to get too much into it but it's one of those movies where you know like sometimes you sit and you see a movie it's like oh how can you make something like this interesting like it's just three people on a boat and they're stuck like what what can you do and harpoon is so fucking good at escalating the situation over and over again like and it's and it starts off super strong like it starts off batshit crazy like what's happening and it somehow continues to up itself over and over again in a way that you just completely do not expect and i love it when a movie can do that yeah i mean i i love harpoon one of the things for me with harpoon though it's it's an insanely good incredibly dark comedy um I could not stop thinking about the fact that um, one of the characters I felt like should have been Ryder Strong, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would, that would the, be, I mean, if he was a little bit younger, yeah, that would be awesome. But, like, that character felt... He's Sean Hunter. Yes, from Boy Meets World. Yes. And then the other main guy felt like, I, I don't know, like a Channing Tatum-esque <laughs> kind of guy. He reminded me of Michael Pitt. Um, who was in like the remake of Funny Games? Um, and he was in. I can't really think of anything else that he's been in, honestly. But, um, yeah, he's in the remake of Funny Games. That I think it's just the hair. Yeah, like and, so. That was really hard for me. The entire movie was like, if this movie had been made in the '90s, like this would have been Ryder Strong, and I I don't know some other blonde dude person um 
that, that has nothing to do with the actual movie yes, itself. It but that was just one of those things <laughs> where it's like, is that no? I can't. Is it no? But no. Well, oh, never mind. I I, I had lost my train of thought there. All right, go on. <laughs> this episode is great. <laughs> it is so good. Um. Yeah, for me, Bread Factory was definitely, definitely uh, towards the top because I, I didn't. <sighs> oh, I remember what I was gonna say. Yes, the guy that you thought looked like Ryder Strong. Yes, is the kid from Turbo, Turbo Kid. Okay, Monroe Chambers. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Just think well, of that. There you go. <laughs> the, the kid who looks like Ryder Strong is, in fact, not Ryder Strong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I absolutely love Bread Factory and. I, I did really enjoy Dead Detectives. It was not the best movie of the weekend, but it was fun. And it was the kind of movie... Dead Detectives might be, of all the things that we saw, the easiest movie to just put on and watch. Because a lot of the other ones are either uh, very long, like Bread Factory, or just so heavy and just weighty, like with I Trapped the Devil, or... Um, or, or just bloody and like, gruesome and yeah. freaking weird, like Mutant Blast. And so, like, <laughs> of all of the movies that played, or even with Harpoon, which, again, was an amazing movie, it it's not an easy movie to just be like, ah, I think I'm just going to throw this on. It's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. But Dead Detectives, it feels... It feels like horror comedy light. And I don't mean that in like an insulting, like, oh, it's not that good of a thing. But it, it was easy enough to just kind of like, you know, zone out for a minute, pick right back up where you left off. And it's like, oh, yeah, like I'm still having fun. Some of the logic doesn't matter that much, but yeah. also the logic worked. And, well, and that's why that's why it was a great film to play at midnight because like I literally was zoning out during parts of it because I was trying really hard not to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, but and like you probably didn't miss that much. And, and and again, I don't mean that in an insulting way towards the film because I love it. Eric might only like it, but I love it. It's just it's just an easy watch, you know, and I that might not be the most complimentary thing to say about a movie. But it's also an accurate thing to say about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the internal logic worked. Some of the scares, I think, hit. Uh, it wasn't like terrifying, but there there were a few little jump scares. Like, oh yeah, that worked. Um, I also to go back to your writer strong comment with Harpoon. I thought I kept thinking that the main character in Dead Detective should have been Joel McHale. Like that could have really really reminded me of Joel McHale. I think having them British made it better though. Like I think. Oh that yeah, it, no, I think I think so. Like I would not replace the guy. He did a great job, but like that's just who I kept thinking of the whole movie. Oh yeah, he he totally felt very Joel McHaleish. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just find something so endearing about that movie that I I want I want to watch all of them again. Um, that one's it, it was just fun. The comedy was great. Like at one point where the guy is writing in blood on the wall, it's me, Dix. <laughs> and they're like, who's dicks? <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> and then he adds in you. <laughs> Just, it's I, me, uh... you dicks. <laughs> like, it's it's funny. It is very funny. Like, there are, like, it wasn't as consistently funny as I expected. Um, but the moments that, that hit, like, the moments that they land really hard, I think. Yeah. 
I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of like other highlights from the film fest. Um, one of the things that I do love about the film fest, and we talked about this when we had Chris on the episode. Oh shit, we didn't even talk about one of the other events that were that was pretty big. Everything is terrible. Everything is terrible. Yes, we didn't get to see all of that one. Um, but no, Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover is a thing that happened. Yes, it is a thing that happened. Um, so one of the things that we talked about when Chris was on the episode was that not every movie that plays is going to be loved by everyone. And, and you know, like I even said, uh, it's like there's some movies that afterwards I'm like, dude, why? Are you mad that you saw it? No, like I'm, I'm grateful that I saw it. But also, dude, why? And so I love the fact that the movies that are played, some of them, like, yeah, there's no question why they were played because they are amazing films. But then some of the other ones are ones that, you know, it's taking a chance on cinema that other people might not have a chance to see or might not appreciate. And there are a few movies that you and I disagree on pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. But, like, I still love the fact that I saw everything. And I have a much more positive view on all of the movies than, than you do. I don't do. have a very negative review about... You have, about, a, have a much worse view on uh, one of the movies than I do. I have I a do. negative view about one of the movies. But I, I think that I probably tend to be a little bit more forgiving on some things. Because, I mean, even when we were talking about uh, The Zodiac Killer, and you're like, no, that movie kind of sucked. I'm like, no, man, the movie's awesome. <laughs> It's terrible. It is a terrible movie, and also it's awesome. No, the story behind it is awesome. The this, movie is god-awful. No, whatever, it's The fun. movie is not even a movie. It is exactly what it needs to be. <laughs> and so one of the things that I, again, like I love the fact that there are movies that, uh, that are played that might not have a chance elsewhere or that might not be picked up for distribution. Like some movies... At least one of the movies that was shown there, like, was just a whirlwind of how quickly it got picked up and is going to be distributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Trap the Devil is coming out on April 26th. So if you have nothing else to do on April 26th, uh, screw Marvel Endgame. Go see I Trap the Devil. Um, <laughs> also, because Endgame is going to have way too many people in the theaters anyways, go see I Trap the Devil first and then catch Endgame a few days later. Yeah, and I Trap the Devil will be playing at Central Cinema. Yes, I don't know when. I, I don't know I if they announced the dates. I think it's April 26th, isn't it? Is it? Are they playing like, one of the I, premiere? I think um, they're one of the... Because it's only going to be in like 100 theaters when it when it opens on the 20th. It's also going to be on VOD. Yeah. So you can watch it that way. But watch it in theater. Yeah, if you can, because that was such a great experience in the theater. Like, that was probably... Maybe not the scariest. Well, maybe the scariest, but definitely the tensest experience. Yeah. And and we got to talk to Josh Lobo for a little bit. Unfortunately, every time that we talked to him, we didn't have enough time to actually record. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to set up an interview and, and just like Skype him in or something. Because um, I, I have so many questions that I want to ask him. And I, I really want to talk to him about this movie. So hopefully, we'll get that set up. Um, but yeah, I Trapped the Devil was was amazing. Um, but then there are other movies that some people might not love, but I love that they exist. Nothing that I saw this year had me regretting that I saw it. Yeah, and that's that's how I feel too. Like I didn't regret anything. There were definitely movies that I did not enjoy. There were there was one movie that I didn't enjoy. Um, I think it's because you went in with a different perspective. Than, oh no, uh, that's totally not it at all. I, you said that before, and that's totally not it because I, I had no real expectations for the movie at all. But we'll get into that in the episode. I, I still think that how you perceive the movie makes a difference, and I think that you still have in your mind that it is a different I, movie than what it was trying to I, be. I 
No, that's see. That's or the I, issue. I think that you think that it was trying to be a different movie than yes, what it was. That's the issue. It and is. I think that it was the movie that it was. Mm, yeah. No. I think yeah. it is not the movie it wants to be. I think that you think <laughs> that it's. A, I think that you think it's trying to be a different movie. I think that we're losing audience members left and right here. I think it's funny that you think that we have audience <laughs> members. <laughs> yeah, that was that was what was going through my mind as I said it. <laughs> it's like we're not losing audience members. We're still here. <laughs> Um, there, there was another thing that I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I, I really don't remember what I was going to say. We were talking about movies, talking about how awesome the movies were. Oh, everything is terrible. This was your first experience with a live show from everything is terrible. So much fun. Holy shit. It was so great. I wish we had seen the whole thing, Uh, but man, it was so funny. Like those clips that they put together and the show that they'd go like, it was, it was just fun. Like, and it was also, (laughs) I'm, I'm about 90% sure that is probably the most well attended anything that they had there. Like that, that theater was packed for everything is terrible, which is crazy because I'd never really heard about it beforehand. Um, But apparently there's some real like diehard. Oh yeah. Everything is terrible fans around here. Like there are people with, Jerry Maguire VHS tapes and not shirts. Just, not just a handful, like like giant bags full, like 50, yeah, 60, hundreds of them. It was uh, it was awesome. Like I absolutely had a blast. That was one of the highlights for me. I think that I wasn't really like I wasn't even we weren't even sure if we were going to get to go at all. Yeah, and we kind of just stepped in in between stuff and we stayed even longer than we expected to <laughs> because we just could not like take our eyes off of the stage yeah every single time that it was like all right we should probably get going because i want to make sure to catch this other thing right after this as soon yes. as that was done right after all this right, right after all right we, we should probably get you know i really want to catch this other thing we should probably get right after this okay yes. as soon as they finish this bit <laughs> I, I, right after it, yeah everything yeah. is terrible of okay the entire weekend was an experience of all the things that were intentional experiences I think that everything is terrible is probably like the most you had to be there sort of thing. Cause you can watch their video clips. I think some of them are on YouTube, um, but yeah. like, you know, you, you can watch their videos. You can purchase the, the videos where it's just all of their clips together and it's still funny and it's still amusing, but without having that live show in between to give it some of that even more eccentric personality and mm. without having all of the people there to, to laugh along with what's going on. Like it is probably the thing that loses the most when it's not the live show. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And yeah. Um, yeah. So Crispin Glover happened. Yeah. That was quite an experience. Um, it was, so basically we didn't get a chance to see the movie that he showed it is fine everything is fine but we did watch the dramatic presentation of his books yes which was pretty entertaining also the books were very they were very interesting they, <laughs> like i don't want i don't want to use that adjective but i don't know how else to describe them they they were the kind of thing that there's no possible way that I could have had any sort of, of pretext of what they were going to be. Yes. While simultaneously being exactly what I expected them to be. Yes. Like it's, it's just one of those where like, I have no idea what to expect, but this is exactly what I expected. Um, and they were, they were interesting. The, uh, the 
the work that he did to take those old stories and turn them into new stories and add in some of those drawings, it was it was absolutely fascinating. I think that my favorite, just because of how absurd, so absurd, was the I am on an egg farm. Yes, that one was that was the only that was the one that actually seemed to be kind of a joke, like fun, at least funny, like it was intentionally tried to be funny. I and hope and so. it, it's one too where like when you I don't feel like you get the same experience from reading it. Like just the way that he acted it out was really funny. Yeah. Like, like those are the like I kind of wanted to get one of the books because they were very interesting. And when he's reading them, like you don't get a chance to really look over. There were drawings and other pictures and stuff that are in there. Um, but he kind of goes through it really quickly. And in some cases, he doesn't even read all of the text. Yeah, there were a few places where he would skip over some some sizable chunks because it didn't matter that much for the narrative. And that, but like, so I was wanting to, but at the same time, like, I feel like you probably are missing a lot when you don't get his dramatic reading of them yeah like when uh when we had him on the podcast and he was talking about them i was trying to wrap my head around what is going to happen during these readings you know like i i again i didn't really know what to expect even with him explaining this is what it's going to be it was a very interesting experience but then actually uh like being there and seeing him read it's just like oh yeah, this loses so, so much if you're just reading them yourself. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, again, the experience of watching Crispin Glover on stage read through and in some ways interact with the books almost, mm-hmm. it it is a unique is a word that can start describing what the experience was like. Um and there are many other words that could also be used. Yep. Yeah. And that's that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What else happened at the film fest? We're rambling at this point. We are, yeah. There, there was a Q&A with Crispin Glover that got a little heated. That was pretty interesting. Yep. Yep. I don't know how much we should say about that because... I... Um, we didn't see the film, so it's hard to understand in context the argument because it was about certain scenes that uh, that an audience member found distressing yes and the um, audience member was very passionate about why they were distressed yeah but you know what i got nothing i got nothing to say to that <laughs> that is that is also a thing that happened at yes, the film fest um yeah the uh I, I think that we went to a boat we walked, oh my god how the fuck did we miss this we walked from the theater center to the boat yes brian salisbury was our navigator uh and along for the journey was the uh the two podcasters from in the mouth of dorkness mm-hmm. brad gullickson and bob is his twitter name something I can't <laughs> bob remember. is his twitter name something please change your name to that <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> not not you, Eric, but Bob, whose Twitter name is something. Please turn that into your new Twitter handle. Um, we, we've mentioned the fact that like we don't pull stuff up on our phones before we start talking, right? Uh, do we? I don't know. I I feel like we said that on the episode a few times. We one hundred percent did. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was a fun experience because the boat was not right next to the theater center. Um, Bob it, the Cosmic Wizard is his Twitter handle. I like the other one that you said better. <laughs> uh, yeah, and those two dudes were like super cool, and it was a lot of fun talking to them. And at one point, 
one of them, I forget which one, took a picture, and I'm standing like a creeper, like popping my head out behind Eric. Yeah, I didn't know there was a picture that was being taken at that point, and you clearly knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was so much fun. Like, I can't believe we didn't mention this before. Like, it was, uh, it took us like four. Okay, so here's the thing. We were sitting in the lobby at the Chattanooga Theater Center, and somebody mentioned a boat party, and Brian was like, what? There's a boat party. Let's go. And he just walks outside. Yeah. And I thought, because it had been way too long since I had actually been to Coolidge Park, that the Southern Bell was still docked at Coolidge Park. Yeah. Not at well, uh, the, the aquarium, um, basically. Um, Ross's Landing. Uh, yeah, it's Ross's Landing, but it's over by the aquarium. Yeah. But what was funny is like we were like, oh, there's a boat. Clearly, we need to just walk outside, and it's going to be on the water right next to where we're at. Right. And we were completely wrong. We had to walk across the bridge, and then like another quarter of a mile away from the bridge to find it. And we that took, it took us a like, prom. Yeah. The, oh my God. A prom was going on. Oh my God. That totally, totally messed up our Saturday in so many ways. So, so many ways. It was awful. Um, but yeah, it took us like 45 minutes to walk there trying to just figure out where we were going. And uh, that was fun. And then the guys who walked over there with us, Brian stayed, but the guys who walked over there, they walked there and then they left as soon as we got there. <laughs> it was so which great. was so funny. <laughs> well, here, here's what makes that story even better. And again, like these dudes seem super cool. I've not had a chance to listen to their podcast yet, um, but I'm going to because like they they were fun to talk to. And um, yeah, the as we were walking out of the theater center, they said, "Well, we should probably get going." To which Brian <laughs> replied, "No, you're not." Okay, they walk all the way to the boat and then well we should probably get going yes it was it was quite funny there there aren't many there aren't many points in my life in which i felt like i was living inside of a sitcom that was one of them like that was one of the most sitcom-y moments that i've experienced personally it was it was quite funny and the funniest part about it was they didn't really say anything when they left they just they <laughs> just, just left turned around and left i was and like then, all right bye guys well and then brian was like where did those guys go and we were like yeah, they left he was like they left <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so funny yeah and then the boat party was just pretty cool like it was a little loud but um it was fun because like almost everybody was there and like we got to talk to uh, the producer of Harpoon, and Eric Pentecost was there, and I mean, pretty much all of the awesome people we got to talk to were there. Other than Shockwaves, I don't feel like any of the Shockwaves people were there. Um, I don't remember seeing them. I don't remember seeing. They them. could have gotten there. We did leave after like an hour or so to go catch a movie. Um, God, I don't remember what movie it was at this point. There, there's too many things. Oh, was sure. it okay? And then Grover. Yes. And his wife, Nikki. Uh, Nikki, gave us a ride. Thank you again, Grover and Nikki. They're great. Chattanooga Taxi Service. Yes. <laughs> they aren't. If you, need, if you need a ride, call Grover Watson. Do not. <laughs> he will be so mad at me. <laughs> also, at one point, I accidentally called him Gruber. And he was, and I was like, I'm so sorry about that. And he, and he was like, oh, no, it's okay. I've been called worse. I was like, yeah. And, you know, and it's like Hans Gruber. And he was like, I don't know. I don't think I could live up to Hans Gruber. And I'm like... Alan Rickman never gave me a ride, so... Well, and when you called him Gruber, like, it took a while for my brain to process just... Did you just call him Goober? (laughs) Well, as soon as I said it, I knew it was wrong. But I was walking past him as I said it. And then I was like, okay, I need to turn around and go back and explain what just happened. Just, I'm bad at words. Oh, man. Yeah, there there were... 
okay, this really has been just us rambling about the film fest. And it only barely scratches the surface of how much fun that we had and how much excitement and energy was flowing through the film fest. How many people that were there that we absolutely love. I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that William Mahaffey and Jessica Ship were there from Central Cinema, um, who are our sponsors, uh, Central Cinema and Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Currently accepting applications for their film fest this year. You uh, should submit things because they are awesome. I love um, how you just perfectly segue into business mode there. Well, you know, it happens. Uh, but there no, are like, sponsors. <laughs> Central they, Cinema is our <laughs> They are sponsors, but like they're sponsors because we legit love Central Cinema. And I talk a ton about how much uh, Chat Film Fest is one of my favorite times of year. And the day after film uh, Chat Film Fest, my brain starts going to, all right, how soon is Knoxville Horror Film Fest? Yep. There are other very, very, very important things in my life that happened between those two events. But in terms of like podcast mode, that's where I'm, my brain starts going. So like I'm already starting to get stoked uh, about October. Um, yeah. So uh, they were there. Uh, Zach Beckler um, was there. He he gave me a copy, a signed copy of his Blu-ray uh, interior. Um uh, we already mentioned Andrew Austin. Um, trying to think of the other people that we met that were there. There's so many. Just all all the people, and I'm forgetting all of the people. Oh, uh, Dave Lawson. We got to see <laughs> dressed as an elf. That was fun. The night before D and D, so we didn't see him dressed as an elf as he was about to go into D and D. He was like, no, no, I need to get into character. He was ready. He, he, was, he was so method. ready. He was going method with his Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> session. Uh, which I, I hate that we missed that. But again, it was during one of the many things that just like, all right, crap, what do we go to? Yeah, we had to miss um, the junk, live junk food podcast, which really we, upset me. We but... caught the tail end of it and it's already posted. Yes, that's true. So I'm going to listen to that today. Uh, Jeff Burr was on the Shockwaves podcast listening to Jeff Burr and Gary Sherman talk about the movies they made and talk about their experiences. It There was nothing about this year's film fest that didn't have me just like my inner geek just screaming with excitement the entire time. And I think that's why sometimes I was a little awkward is because, you know, I was trying to play it cool. I didn't want to go up to someone and be like, you're awesome. I love what you do. You should be my friend, which is exactly how it would have come out is how much excitement there was the entire weekend. So for anyone that um, felt like I was weird, I am. But like, you know, it, it's it's because I love what you do. So... That's that. Yeah. All right. Do you have any more words about Chat Film Fest on this episode? Because we have many more things to talk about. Oh, yeah. We've got we've got so much more to come. Reviews and interviews and fun stuff. And uh, can't wait for Chat Film Fest 2020. You had to think about what year it was. I did have to have to take a second there. You could just cut. You could just edit that out. Nope. <laughs> because our audience could not see the look on your face as you started to say, 20 and it's like he doesn't know what what numbers come next i don't know what year it is anymore <laughs> man just cut me a break no i have i'm really behind on sleep right now yeah, yeah uh all right eric where do you want people to find you uh please 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 follow me on twitter at the chimerican and on instagram at chimerican reviews and you can follow me on letterboxd at eric jay 
And you can follow me on Instagram and on Facebook at The Gargoyle Podcast, on Twitter at Gargoyle Podcast, and on Letterboxd at The Gargoyle. And if you enjoyed this episode uh, and want to be sure to stay up to date on the rest of our Chat Film Fest coverage, uh, be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, just do a search for The Gargoyle Podcast. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E, because it is a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. Because I am a nerd, I am proud of it, and that... Even though we've talked about how that name is not that descriptive of what we actually do, I do not see myself ever actually changing it. At least not entirely. Yeah. It so might shift could, to like the Gargoyle movie podcast. Yeah, we or, could add some add some description in there. Yeah. Or like sure. the Gargoyle and the Chimera can go to the movies or something. But Ooh, the Gargoyle is always going to be a part. Because it is. Because he will always be in your heart. Yes. Some poetry I, for you all today. I like how you rhymed. Yes. Part with heart. Yeah. Could have gone with fart. (laughs) It's funny because uh, Ian used to always call his heart his part. So he'd be like, Dad, you're breaking my part. (laughs) That's so funny. Kids are adorable. Uh, Yeah, so subscribe. Um, Not that we haven't already mentioned this, but we've got interviews with Mallory O'Meara, Junk Food Cinema, Shockwaves podcast uh, coming up, as well as all of the reviews of the movies that we saw. It's going to take a while to get all of that out. We're going to try to get them posted as quickly as possible, Um, but this might be like a few weeks worth of content coming out rather than just putting it all of it out in one day. Yeah, it's a lot. It is, it is many things. Plus, I have to edit some stuff. There are, uh, there, there are words that I bleep out, so I have, I have a lot of words to bleep. You could just not bleep them. Yeah. It's funnier when they're bleeped. They're, it's so funny when they're bleeped. <laughs> it really is. All right. That's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, and I'm still recovering from this weekend. And remember, kids, uh, support your local cinemas. Support indie cinema. Support indie... Uh, movie people words things so support people who make indie movies was what i was trying to say uh, support central cinema and knoxville horror film fest and be sure to keep coming back as we are continuing to be idiots talking about movies yep and support us and support us with your ears that's all we that's all we ask just for your ears or your dollars you know that would also help the podcast improve yeah, but yours if are you tastier want us to than improve. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody. <laughs> it's like, no, how can we make this worse? <laughs> it's like, then it'll just be like more polished crap. <laughs> hey, Mythbusters did prove that you can, in fact, polish a turd. D- did they really? They this did. This is a real thing that actually happened on the show. I did not know this. I've never seen this episode. It, it is a thing that really happened. That's amazing i mean it has to be like a like a solid turd yeah of course i mean you if, know. if it's too squishy it's it's not gonna where polish. did they get it um i think that it might have actually been like elephant dung because like it was it was kind of dry to begin with which was able to give it some of that polish well this is uh your inane gargoyle trivia for the day turds yep. can be polished they but some turds this podcast is proof of that when <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, and remember, kids, support Shockwaves, support Junk Food Cinema, buy Mallory O'Meara's book, uh, support Pure Cinema Podcast, and do not watch VR Wachowski. You have it. Are you going to watch it? I'm going to watch it. Yeah. That movie 
That's going to be your next bad movie night. Movie. No, my next bad movie night is Best Worst Movie, period, with Troll 2. Well, I meant the one after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Bye.